Welcome to the ASU Sports Business Podcast. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ASU Sports Business Podcast. We hope you're doing well and that you are keeping safe and yeah, that all is going well. Today we are back with another episode, which I am really, really looking forward to. Um, you know, oftentimes we can talk about certain skills and sectors that are and things that are happening within those respective sectors, which is really good because it is needed. But today I think we'll take a look at maybe something that kind of underpins everything, um, all of those sectors and disciplines and people in the industry. And as we're all aware, sports on the continent in Africa, it is growing. There is a lot of attention. Uh, serious stakeholders are showing interest. We have the likes of Basketball Africa League. Uh, we've seen recently with AFCON and how successful that was, not just on the continent, but in terms of their sponsorships and the media rights deals along with that. However, if we look at uh, the sports industry as a whole, uh, pertaining to the Pan-African sports market, um, there is still a lot of work that can be done in the, in the professionalization of sports on the continent. And of course, which is underpinned by education, having the right people in the right places to drive organizations and ultimately move things forward pertaining to the sports industry. You know, having people in the right places who understand their expertise uh, and bring it, bring it from a different background, but bring it to sports and help perpetuate, you know, and grow in a sustainable uh, sports ecosystem. And so I am <clears throat> extremely happy. I'm sure many people have heard of, <laughs> I was going to say you, but I've heard of my guest today. And if you haven't, then I don't know where you've been. Um, but I am really, really pleased to welcome Zarina Bador. Um, so she'll be joining us today, uh, talking about this topic, which I think is quite, um, I guess, important for both of us, um, as we have, you know, similar ideologies in terms of developing something sustainable. So, Zarina, welcome. How are you? Thank you, thank you. All of good things, and you? I am doing really, really well, really, really good. So appreciate your time. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just get straight into it, to be honest with you. Um, and I guess from your perspective, working with an organization such as Gold, being based in um, in Africa, South Africa predominantly, but with an understanding of the wider sports scene on the continent, what's your, I guess, your perceptions of the industry thus far? Um, I think you've covered off a lot of what I would say um, initially in your introduction. Um, yeah. The industry is definitely growing. I mean, we, we compared, you know, a lot to Europe and we compared a lot to the US and things like yeah. that. And I don't really think those are fair comparisons mm -hmm. um, because there's still a lot of growing that we need to do. Um, and I mean, there's, you know, the sports industry, whether we like it to or not, it's, it's you know, a multi-million dollar business. And I know yeah. that um, a lot of people kind of have a perception where it's like it's either a performance industry and I raised this because I actually saw something on Twitter and I was engaging in a discussion on Twitter earlier about it you know so is it a business kind of business model do you focus purely on business or do you focus on performance do you focus on people um, where exactly is the, the priority 
And I think from an African perspective, we, we kind of ignore the professionalization of the sport to the same degree. So there's a lot of money in the sport. Um, we've got a lot of nice coverage, you know, with, with the AFCON and um, various leagues and things like that. But yeah. we also really need to talk about the professionalization and that's professionalization within um, the industry from a organizational perspective, from a media perspective, as well as from an employee perspective. And we don't just need to talk about professionalization from a hard skill point of view, because yes, we do need the right people in the right places with the right skills, but we also need to talk about the soft skills. And from experience, I mean, that's something that we kind of like brush under the carpet and don't mm. really appreciate the significance of that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I definitely believe, anyway, I don't want to reiterate what you said, but it's completely true in terms of the soft skills. And I guess from your uh, perspective, right, what are, I guess, some of the I mean, frustrations you have found because of maybe this, I say, lack of focus on developing the soft skills um, in the industry? Um, you know, that's always a tricky one. Yeah. For me, I mean, it's like upskilling is one of those things I don't think we talk about enough. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really cool that we have, you know, certain skills where it's like, for, for, in my case, particularly, for example, you know, yeah. I mean, I come from a communication background, I come from a marketing background, but these are industries or sectors of the industry that are continuously evolving. Um, yeah. If I think back to where I was um, when I just started out about 15 plus years ago, um, you know, the internet was not the biggest driving force in, in the yeah. communication kind of space. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we didn't have these kind of things where we were sitting and having meetings and, and presentations and stuff on Zoom or at that point it was Skype and MSN Messenger and those <laughs> wow. type of things. Um, I'm showing my age now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it's, it's simple things like that where people kind of take it for granted. So it's like I've entered the industry. There's not a lot that then goes into um further developing yourself. So that's yeah. one thing. Um, yeah. The other thing for me is also understanding what each kind of role involves and what it requires. Um, so for example, when I talk about my kind of space, um, social media is one of my key kind of targets and key components of what I do. Yeah. And dealing with that, you find a lot of people where, you know, if you're looking for personnel, you mentioned social media, people automatically think, okay, cool. I have a social media account. I'm already an expert in the space. And a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of technical skills behind that as well. Yeah. So I know that's more of a hard skill factor, but it also comes down to the comprehension of what is required and how to develop into those roles and what those roles really entail. Um, the other thing for me is also communication. Um, communication, I mean, honestly, it's it's probably should have been the first thing I raised. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that we... We talk a lot, but we don't actually communicate is a factor. Mm -hmm. So whether we're talking to industry, we're talking to partners and stakeholders, or whether we're talking within our own little teams within in a business environment, um, I find that communication is always a challenge. Um, people don't necessarily know how to communicate. They don't know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, um, or they don't really realize and uh, appreciate the significance about it. So it's something as simple as like, you know what, I don't understand, can you please explain? Um, people, you know, I know sometimes it's a cultural thing, sometimes it's an individualized thing, yeah. but people don't really like to admit, you know what, I don't know something, or I don't understand something. Yeah. And I think it takes, you know, I mean, if I look at myself, for instance, it took a while for me to also kind of open up, especially when you're coming into the industry, you're like, 
well, you know, I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but for me, I mean, that's a really important thing because how are you supposed to know if you don't actually speak up? Um, how is somebody yeah. supposed to help you and guide you and things like that? Um, so communication is important. The commitment and the clear understanding of, of what people want to do and what to focus on, that's really important. And for me, that's also becoming a really significant thing if I'm looking across industries, it's not just sports, but also just paying attention to what's going on in the world around you. Yeah. Um, understanding a respectful environment, you know, mm -hmm. dealing with issues like mental health, dealing with issues like abuse. And I mean, gaslighting is a really significant thing that's been coming up yeah. quite a bit across industries. So it's whether it's gaslighting from a senior management perspective or gaslighting from a peer kind of perspective, or yeah. even your subordinates. Um, you know, these are things that we kind of need to learn to understand. Um, obviously, I don't expect like psychological level of understanding when it comes to these things, but it's mm -hmm. stuff that we need to kind of know and observe and, and learn how to interact with each other in, in, in terms of creating a healthier environment. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, these are kind of like, I think it's probably just some of the things that, that we really need to talk about and, and start addressing in the workplace. And we kind of take it for granted in a sports environment. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, on-field communication, on-field behaviors, um, but we forget that there's all of these people behind the scenes that actually makes on-field uh, the on-field behaviors and, and yeah. habits and all of that significant. Okay. Yep. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, <clears throat> even, so you mentioned your communications and social media, but even perceptions, sorry, not perceptions, even ways in which, you know, networking, soft skills like that, right? So really, yeah. I mean, we'll get onto, you know, bit more about education in a bit but you know just using just being bold in terms of maybe using your uh, LinkedIn um, sending emails to people being persistent and things like that as well um, to help build that confidence and building that confidence as well will also work on skills as similar to what you're saying how you communicate with various people at various levels um, your level of attention to detail um, your level of research that you do maybe when you're reaching out to, to someone maybe look at what they're doing, um, see something that you can use as a, I don't know, as a soft introduction that you can make for yourself with them and things like that. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many, um, I, don't know, I mean, yeah, soft skills that can be, that can be, you know, worked on um, in developing things like that as well. And going to, and this is by no means, as much as we're saying potential areas, of growth, there are a lot of great things happening as well, definitely. Um, and even by, you know, as you mentioned again, that, com that communications, um, knowing how to really formulate arguments or formulate documentation. I mean, it's only your field in, you know, in marketing and communication, the media you work in. Of course, it is moving digitally, but even at times it could be where I can need to write something. So even educating them on that and how to write certain things and communication, how to maybe build a business plan. There's just loads of, you know, areas in terms of soft skills that can be, that can be developed. And I guess just thinking on, on that, how, some of the things that we've mentioned, how I guess can, what are some solutions that can help to, you know, cultivate some of those soft skills? Because it is quite hard, <laughs> you know, to, maybe work on those things when it's not maybe at the forefront or it's not spoken about as much 
uh, even though these things are will help you and keep you in the game, whatever field you're in for the long term? Um, to be honest, I think people need to be more honest with themselves for starters. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what? one of my favorite things, and I know a lot of people are like, well, this girl is crazy when she does this, but one of my favorite things is to do a personalized um, SWOT analysis. So basically, you know, if you've done marketing in business, you would know that you kind of apply it into your work environment. So yeah. it's working on your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you kind of look at it more from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I learned is actually to do it from a personal perspective. So I look at mm -hmm. my, my personal strengths, my personal weaknesses, um, and then look at the opportunities that come out of that and obviously the threats that, that are based around that. And that is very, very interesting to do um, from a personal perspective, but also it's always helpful to go and get um, input and advice from people that you really trust. So people you work with, really it's a superior, um, I know not everybody is fortunate enough to have that kind of conversations or that relationship with a superior, but if you are, definitely use that to your advantage um, because they'll be able to point out things where you can be a lot better. Um, you know, we, we kind of take it for granted, you know, that we manage, you know, stress well, but we don't seem to understand sometimes, you know what, actually, I'm kind of losing my patience very easily over small mm -hmm. matters, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we kind of take it for granted sometimes that things happening around us are not influencing us when in reality they are. So that can be either positive or negative. Um, so, you know, speak to your superiors, speak to your coworkers, speak to family members, because mm. different people who have seen you in different situations will be able to highlight your strengths and weaknesses. And this is kind of that Johari's window thing coming to life, which is basically, you know, there's things you know about yourself that everybody knows. Um, there's things which you know that you don't necessarily tell other people. So that's why that SWOT analysis comes in quite nicely. Um, there's things where, which other people are aware of where you are completely oblivious. So sometimes I think, you know what, I can kick a ball like Lionel Messi. And in the meantime, do it, I have no skill whatsoever. So it's kind of the same kind of principle. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's obviously stuff about yourself that nobody really knows because you haven't really been put into that kind of environment or that space. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, go out of, out of your comfort zone, go and explore, you know, different things. And it doesn't need to be necessarily in a professional environment. But even the things you do on a personal basis, you know, taking up a new hobby, um, going to a new coffee shop, you know, trying new things, all of that kind of builds up into your personal character, which comes out in the workspace as well. Mm. And then obviously, you know, there is a lot of training um, available. So whether you go for speech and drama class, for example, if you want to be in a public speaking kind of space, um, if you want to go into, um, you know, media training. Uh, which is, you know, quite useful in, in where we operate, where you're dealing with crisis management and all of that, but also how to communicate, not just with the media, but with your coworkers and with, um, you know, the, your stakeholders as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of that. And then, um, you know, Africa Sports Unified did a really cool mentorship program uh, not so long ago, which thank you, I got to be a part of. Um, stuff like <laughs> that is is awesome um, yeah. because you get to learn a lot from people within the industry who have been there, done that, got got the T-shirt. But at yeah. the same time, as a mentor, you get to learn as well because there's so many different perspectives in the world, um, and you get to learn from each other. And it's not just about the hard skills; it's the soft skills as well because how you communicate with that mentor, for example, becomes mm. significant. 
um, how often you communicate becomes significant. How to network, how to network, as you mentioned earlier, that becomes significant. Yeah. Um, but it's also then how to deal with the challenges and the stresses of the roles and the responsibilities and the job perspectives that all mm. um, becomes, you know, something that you learn from that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another thing that we, that I personally love talking about is volunteering and interning because yeah. I don't think it matters how old you really are. Um, if you can go out into the world and explore and try something new in a different kind of space, you're going to pick up new skills and it's going to be yeah. hard skills as well as soft skills. Yeah. So definitely, definitely recommend that. And, um, you know, as a business, I would always recommend, you know, having mentorship programs, yeah. um, having industrial psychologists on hand to deal with, you know, the challenges that come up. Sometimes, you know, team dynamics are up and you need that extra kind of input. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we kind of, again, take these type of things for granted. It's like, we just automatically assume, you know, there's a problem child or there's a, there's, yeah. you know, a communication issue, whatever, but you kind of need a third party to kind of come into this, the environment and just kind of adapt everything around it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you also need to know how to manage people. Um, mm. And it, it comes as a management kind of role, but it also comes as, as a team member. So how do you yeah. interact with your team members? How do yeah. you build up those relationships and that, those dynamics? Um, mm. So, I mean, there's opportunities all around you. It's just a matter of um, keeping an open mind through each experience and learning from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, that's a really good segue as well. Um, as you mentioned, to the mentorship program that we ran, which was... <clears throat> It was actually really good <laughs> um, just to, I mean, not being biased or anything like that, but more so, I guess, from mentors and mentees' perspective um, in terms of their understanding, especially from the mentees. Um, again, this is pertaining to our focus in the Pan-African sports space. Um, a lot of young people, yeah, not all, but a lot, a good number of young people when they talk about sports is either, yeah, just what's happening on the field, mentioning players or or do you work with your Man United's or Liverpool's and things like that, which is understandable, but the, the understanding of the business of sport and what that actually entails, um, yeah, it's not there. And so this program really, I guess, opened people's understanding in terms of the opportunities and not just that as well, but also developing certain skills. Um, as we had quite a few of the mentees were entrepreneurs who had their own ideas or just people, young people working in professional field. Um, but some of these programs that we do, that we ran with them really did open up the ideas and taught them some skills as well. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, like helping them to build that confidence. So making sure that you engage with your mentor, don't be shy and be like, oh, you know, uh, whenever you're free, you know, can you just message me? But being proactive, not pestering, but being proactive, you know. And even if they say no once, not to give up, but be creative and be persistent and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking, and the mentorship programs and those sort of things are always good. And again, it doesn't need to even be from a mentor's perspective to a mentee. It doesn't need to be in a set, okay, I need to find a mentorship program. Maybe just going out your way to finding a few people who you want to be who you want to be mentors for, uh, just going out your way, could be in sports or different sectors, but just developing them and helping them on life skills and these soft skills that isn't really taught in formal education. Um, but what can, I don't know, what can 
maybe people in your position, sports execs, or um, other organisations do to maybe increase the level of professionalization um, in sports? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's not an easy, an easy answer, to be honest. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, one of the things that I find really important is it is having that mentorship kind of relationship with the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just, for example, um, my team coming to me and be like, hey, listen, we need you to mentor us in this, this, yeah. event, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's also a case of me going to my superiors and be like, you know what, I, I want to be a better manager. So what do I need yeah. to do be, to be a better manager? Show me, mm -hmm. train me, um, you know, have, I need you to be my mentor as well. Yeah. Because it needs to be, um, it needs to work both ways. Uh, you know, it you you never, no matter how high you are on the chain, you never really know everything. Yeah. Um, and within an African context, we are such a diverse population with so many different cultures in different countries and different mindsets. Mm -hmm. um, our challenges are also different. You know, for yeah. example, in Nigeria and Ghana, if it's raining, you know, there's you're going to have internet issues. Yeah. But then how do you work around that? How do you start adapting to that? Um, how do you start thinking critically and creatively to deal with those issues? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we, we definitely need to start talking to each other a lot more in terms of using more helpful communication. Um, we definitely need a lot more mentorship programs formalized or otherwise, it doesn't really yeah. matter to be honest. Um, and again, you know, training is so important. Um, whether again it's formalized training or it's it's you know you're going out on your own and finding different programs and different courses and understanding um what you need to do to actually enhance yourself or spending time on youtube um there's so many really I amazing talks out on youtube that you know that that teach you so many different ways of doing things mm. um and that's really important we we kind of take all of that for granted we have so much exposure um and we just kind of zoom in on certain things and we can just focus on that whereas it benefits us from like identifying different areas and different speakers and different attitudes yeah. and learning from each of these people because that's really important yeah. um, we also need to talk a lot more about you know managing time because that's another skill that i'm finding you know people just don't have that anymore and mm -hmm. part of it is because we're so exposed to the internet and we're always kind of scrolling and we're like, you know what, I'm bored right now. Let me just kind of scroll through my phone and Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook and things like that. Yeah. Um, and we, we kind of get freaked out by that, to be honest. So, you know, one of the things that we do, um, and I learned this from my boss, to be honest, it's like learning and sitting with the people around you. Like, okay, we need to plan um, a specific time for this specific purpose. Yeah. And we actually sit and train them to be like, okay, tell us what your challenges are. Tell us what your strengths are. Show us what, how much time you're spending on certain things. Why are you mm -hmm. spending time on this? But, you know, mm -hmm. kind of understand their mindset, get into yeah. their minds and really nail down things from that perspective. And then you can guide them. Um, yeah. Because for example, if I'm spending forever doing research, if I need to do, if I ask you a question and I'm like, okay, I need, results on um you know man united's last season why did they go you know why are they going so pear-shaped for example yeah or 
why is Nigerian football, uh, why is Nigerian's women's football so much more significant than its male football? Why do we have so yeah. many more supporters in that specific mm -hmm. area? So if I only want like a top line kind of perspective, I don't need you to be spending four hours on research. And people don't necessarily know that. And sometimes it becomes a case of, okay, well, I don't really know what she's looking for. But yeah. if, again, you know, um, so, so it, it becomes a double issue because, okay, I did not communicate the message properly in terms of, you know, what exactly I was looking for. You did not communicate and ask me for clarity on what I want or what I need. Mm -hmm. And then you went and spent a whole lot of time on research that in reality, nobody actually wants. Yeah. So, you know, it's a case of having that communication, managing the time and prioritizing what is important, what's significant. Um, and that can only really come from, you know, mentorship programs and training programs yeah. and actually opening your mouth and having these discussions. Yes. We will be doing in the mentorship program again for people listening. So oh. just keep following us so, uh, so you can you know, be informed of what's happening. Thanks for tuning into our latest podcast. Help us spread the word by subscribing, liking, and sharing our content across all social platforms at ASU Unified and use the hashtag ASUPod to join the conversation. Please do give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. And if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, people who you'd like to see join us on the podcast, or simply to stay in touch, send us an email to info at asianified.com. But I guess, you know, now maybe flipping the perspective, right? Obviously, you are amazing at what you do working in the sports industry. If someone is looking for a mentor, for example, how is the best way, giving yourself an example, what is the best way for them to get your attention? Uh, directly and honestly. Yeah. So I know not everybody is like that. Um, mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself. Um, you have to start a conversation. Um, you know, you have to kind of reach out and be like, listen, this is what I'm thinking. But it doesn't help if you come to me and you don't really have any kind of vision. You don't really yes. know what kind of area you want to be in. Yeah. So if you come to me, for example, and be like, listen, I want to work in sport. My first question is, okay, what area of sport? Mm -hmm. And if you can't answer that, is it on field? Is it media? Is it communications? Is yeah. it, you know, marketing? Um, is it accounting? Because we forget that the sports industry is made up of all of these professionals that work across yeah. multiple industries. It's just, yeah. you know, a different kind of industry. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you have to have some kind of idea of what you're looking at. It doesn't have to be this perfect picture, but you have to have some clue. Um, yeah. Because if you're going to go into a conversation and you're like, well, actually, you know, I, I think I want to be on field but maybe I want to play in, you know, in, in the media kind of space, but then maybe I actually want to be like an agent. Yeah. It, it's very difficult to kind of advise you. So from that perspective, it's like, okay, well, then you need to go do some intern, intern work, go in an, in an organization or a club mm -hmm. or federation mm -hmm. and go around each of these different departments and segments and, and, you know, see what each person is doing. Um, shadow them for a week if you can um, and then see what holds your fancy um, a lot of people don't exactly do their research um, I mean there's been instances where you speak to people and like okay I want to work in sport and the first question is obviously why and automatically it's like you know what I really want to hang out with footballers I'm like well <laughs> 
we are not going to necessarily be working with footballers and hanging out with footballers. It kind of depends on the role you're playing, mm. which area, which kind of job, um, you know, you're not going to be able to go party with, with Paul Pogba <laughs> because you decided yeah. I want to be, I want to be in sport. You know what I mean? You kind of mm. need to work your way through and, and work on, on the dynamics. And, you know, again, it comes down to what kind of role you're looking for. Um, and so that's the other thing. Like people have this very, very glamorous, glamorized point of view about the sports industry. Mm-hmm. It is about you know hanging out with celebrities, going out and and having a party with them after the match, um, or celebrating on the field or whatever. The number of people who get to do those things are so minuscule compared to the number of people within the industry space. Mm-hmm. So you know um, you need to understand when you're entering the sports industry what you're getting into you need to understand what the industry is really all about at the end of the day there's a job that needs to be done and you have to do it so um, you know if if you are in one of those roles which requires you to work on a weekend for example you need to be comfortable with that if you're in a kind of role that requires to be available during match hours, you need to be comfortable with that. It doesn't help if you're like, oh, shit, I'm missing, you know, this wedding and I'm missing yeah. that event because you will yeah. be missing a lot of events and weddings and family family events and things like that. Um, yeah. If you are in that kind of space. Obviously, there's other roles where, you know, there there's, you know, your normal and traditional hours, but then there's a lot of other roles where it requires a lot more flexibility. Yeah. Um, so... When entering these kind of spaces, you need to be aware of that. Um, you need to ask the questions. You need to know what you're looking for, but at least have mm-hmm. an idea of what you're looking for. And it's never set in stone. So you might want to go into the media space initially and you realize, you know what? It's not for me. It's too mm-hmm. intense. It's too time consuming. It's, you know, it, I, I don't actually like that kind of space. I'm working in another area. Yeah. It's not a train smash. At least then you know, and you've made that adjustment, but you do need a starting point. Yeah. So if people are talking to me about mentorship, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to having these discussions. I, I welcome the emails and I welcome the conversation. Um, I do expect people to kind of respect my time as well. And yeah. I would respect yours as well um, because that's, you know, just human nature. Um, it's, you know, it's a requirement to exist on the planet. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it's, you have to open your mouth and ask. If, if you yeah. don't open your mouth and ask, you're never going to know. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. If you don't ask, you won't get, definitely. Exactly. You've got to take definitely. that risk, man. You yeah, have to take that yeah. risk. Um, I guess final point is, I'm going to say the elephant in the room, but we've been talking about it, but haven't actually said it in terms of, you know, education. Um, actually, I mean... Yeah, sports on the continent, the business of sports, how we say, it's it's definitely in its infancy if you compare it to other maybe continents. Um, and so I think the education as well, because of that, is definitely in infancy in terms of maybe institutions that offer courses pertaining to sports, right? Um, and again, speaking to various stakeholders on the continent, you know, the, professionaliz- the professionalization of sports doesn't just happen at grassroots level. It occurs from the people, the current stakeholders, you know, the people who are custodians of the sport at the moment, so people in senior levels of management. And if there isn't a sense of professionalization, 
amongst that, then it'd be hard for it to trickle down um, grassroots and throughout other organizations. And this is not just a person of the diaspora saying it who doesn't have understanding. This is I'm hearing it from many people in this space, um, even previous conversations we've had, you know, maybe people who are running organizations, they're not the, maybe the best fit. Maybe they've just been put there because a friend has put them there or, I don't know, for some particular reason. Um, and once that's there, that's a huge bottleneck and, you know, organizations won't be run in the right way. Um, and I just thought, of course, to mention that because once we do have people in those positions, like I said, um, we have Basketball Africa League. And so not only just, you know, younger people, but people in different organizations. So, for example, they've been to... Uh, Dakar, um, I think they were in Morocco, I mm-hmm. think, for the first phase. And then obviously they're going to Rwanda, uh, Kigali. Maybe other people in different nations are going to be like, oh, okay, they're going to those countries. They're going to love tourism, they're bringing up attraction. What can we do to, you know, um, entice BAL to come over because we can generate so, so, and so. So that's a trickle effect. You know, it raises the level, it raises the bar, it raises the standard. And so. 100%. Even in that example, from a business perspective, it goes down to individuals. And so once you have those examples and people are seeing things, it only will have a positive domino effect moving forward in terms of raising the level. People will be more interested. And as demand grows, maybe then you'll get more um, um, opportunities to maybe study sports at a level and that has a focus for the Pan-African sports market. There are many institutions out there from Europe and elsewhere who do courses, but of course the pricing points may be out of the reach for your average um, person on the continent, or it's just not, might, might not be applicable for as this multicultural continent of Africa. So yeah, that is extremely important. I think on that issue, um, yeah, the education perspective is really, really important. And I think we underestimate what it actually represents. Yeah. Um, what we don't understand, I think, is that, you know, um, there's a lot of different roles um, available in the sports industry. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, whether you work in finance, whether you work in marketing, whether you work in logistics, um, you know, there's just so many different perspectives and you don't necessarily need to go and study a sports program per se. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an understanding of sport generally and you are going to study uh, and whether it's a diploma or whether it's a degree, it doesn't really matter. You can do a series of short courses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only, the only kind of roles, to be honest, we are like really, like really particular about it's like you need a real proper course and degree and whatever is when you're dealing with people on the field yeah. because that's human life type stuff yeah yeah um but yeah no if people need to go and educate themselves and whether you're doing it through you know a sports management course or whether you're doing a, a business management course that has nothing to do with sport there's an opportunity to go and learn and enhance and we forget that sometimes um there's these programs where they're doing theory but they're also doing a lot of practical work and those practical hours are so so very important because that allows you to see where the practice and the theory actually meet or they Mm. diverge so a lot of people kind of think okay you know what cool i've got this diploma or i've got this degree and they see the theory but they don't understand how it it works in real life 
Yeah. And sometimes the theory doesn't work in real life because some of the theory you are doing applies for, for example, a, a UK market rather than an mm-hmm. African market. Yeah. So when we're educating ourselves, we need to educate from a, a skills perspective in terms of that particular role and what that role requires. So um, again, you know, from a marketing perspective, what do you need to do? What is yeah. branding all about? What is, you know, that whole perspective in terms of reaching a consumer, that type of thing. Um, but also we need to look at the realities of the African kind of space. So if you are working in South Africa, what does the South African market entail? Yeah. What are the different yeah. cultural dynamics? Um, so we need to look at all of that. And it's really, really important that we start moving into a, into a space where we are looking at getting the right people in the right roles. Because how are we supposed to make sure that the industry is growing and evolving and, and actually catching up with the rest of the world when we don't understand its significance and we don't have the right people to actually do that. Those, those skill sets are so important. Um, and I think that's, for me, I mean, that's one of the biggest struggles I, I find, um, even from a youth perspective, when people are want, like wanting to come into the industry, it's like, well, um, you know, um, I did a little bit of work. I, I don't really have to do more. And for me, that is kind of setting yourself back and you're setting a very low bar for yourself because mm. there's a whole world of opportunity out there and if you want to grow in this industry, you have to evolve with this industry. Otherwise, the, the African industry is just going to fall flat. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a lot easier than for players, for example, to move abroad because then it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to get the opportunities there. Whereas if we're building the industry here, you're building not just the sports industry, but like you mentioned earlier, you are building the tourism industry. You are building opportunities for finance. Yeah. You are building all these different brands which are contributing to that sport. Um, and we kind of take it for granted. We kind of like look at that the sports industry or specific sports code in a very yeah. kind of microscopic point of view. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, the education, you know, it kind of puts all of these pieces together and it just makes so much sense once you actually see the bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. I really like what you said. Um, it's about looking at things holistically, right? And implementing things that will, yeah that will foster sustainability within the space and the workforce is just extremely important um so yeah speaking to someone else recently as well that said exactly what you said it could be people from the business sector who really harness their skills and doing magnificent things and then transitioning into sports and using their skills it could be in finance it could be in legal it could be in marketing media things like that but just bring their expertise from what they've learned in the business world and applying that to sports um and yeah it does need to be yeah once we have the right people in place then yeah everything will will grow and develop um yeah there's a lot yeah there's a lot of opportunities and yeah 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 i'm just thinking of opportunities um, out there to <laughs> and, we, and we didn't even touch entrepreneurship as yet <laughs> i know that's a that is actually a key part to be honest with you because i say it's a key part because it's very, it's extremely vital for 100%. the, you know, to create new ideas, to bring things to fruition. All of these innovations that people have, just a small idea of humble beginnings, but if you put things in place, then it creates opportunities for nations and for individuals. Um, however, I don't like, and sometimes I think I get that, the, that, that sense from when I speak to people, I don't like the over-reliance of maybe entrepreneurship when a platform or a, uh, an environment 
hasn't really been set for entrepreneurship to flourish or they're trying yes. to see entrepreneurship at the at the um at the expense of i don't know governance for example um but yeah, entrepreneurship is very important and even that is it's even difficult to teach right even so it's a soft skill um yeah that's definitely. a very challenging very challenging task um yeah. it does take a lot of acumen um it takes a lot of discipline um you know it it, it takes a lot of sacrifice and it, it's nice in theory um you know trying your own business and things like that but not everybody's capable of doing it and yeah. it's not because they are not good at it. Um, it's just sometimes life has other plans for you and you have other priorities. Sometimes, you know, it's not a case of, um, sometimes it is, you know, just a personality thing. It, there's so many different factors that come into play and it requires so much resilience. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's always a case of it has to be one or the other because I think yeah. everything kind of works. If, if, you, if you think about it, everything has to work in synergy. Yeah. So an entrepreneur still needs some sort of structure in place mm -hmm. or whatever he envisions to happen. There needs to be yeah. some way for, you know, if he's working with athletes, there needs to be some way for these athletes to go. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Yes. Um, so, you know, everybody's kind of interdependent. And I think we kind of forget this about, you know, business and sport and life in general at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it opens a whole other can of worms in that discussion, but it is very much, Africa is ripe in the sense that we are basically starting from scratch at this point, mm -hmm. if you think about mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. so we, it, it's up to us really to see which direction we want to go. So yeah. we have the option of keeping things as it is and kind yeah. of going with the flow and seeing what happens. Or we have the option of, you know, people starting to take a stand and be like, okay, you know what, this is not working. We we can yeah. do better. We we should be doing better. Mm. Um, and we don't need to just rely, you know, on European football to keep us entertained. There's so much talent in Africa, whether it's basketball or, or football or, you know, hockey or netball, it doesn't really matter which sport go to, but you know, we've got so much talent. So why are we not building something special around the talent? Yeah. Huh. I, I'm just taking a moment to pause because even before we started recording, <laughs> I just didn't mean the, you know, the struggles and the highs and lows. Um, but no, entrepreneurship is really, really important. And I think it's the case as well as of um, even in that entrepreneurial journey that people go through and ways to go through it is tough. But even the sense of like collaborating and communicating. You mentioned before, you know, communication many people are doing things i've noticed as well that a lot of people are doing wonderful things um but it's all happening in like different silos and to be honest with you that's a, a, re, a core reason for what we're doing here at asu i think there's a lot of wonderful ha things happening in like different silos but if that's all brought together and people are brought together to you know share skills or share things that someone else can use so they don't have to make the same mistakes that other people done or other people have made and then it's much more powerful when that's all come together instead of it just going back in the silos you know it's like 100 percent. you're in your marketing communications every day you're doing your thing you come together with other people from different spaces you know you encourage each other you learn from each other then you go back out stronger you know and re-energize to do your thing um 
yeah so those spaces are needed as well but um that's an underestimated space yes yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah. um yeah entrepreneurship is extremely important but yeah it's hard to like pin down those we're talking about soft skills your soft skills are really be tested <laughs> in that <laughs> space um but also i guess there's a part of um entrepreneurship or innovation in with everything right you could be working for a certain organization for a long time but if you're looking at if you're looking to do i don't know a process in a different way that in a sense is being entrepreneurial right so you, you see an opportunity you've come up with a solution for it and which is beneficial not just for yourself but for um, people around you as well so so yeah yeah but that opens a whole other door in terms of analytics and analytical skills which yeah. is again something we kind of you know we kind of brush under the carpet we don't really like looking at data and looking at critical thinking um and in today's day and age critical thinking is such a it feels like it's a dying skill at times to be honest um mm. you know just like if you spend a little too much time on the internet you find a lot of strange things going on um mm. so you know, it, it all ties in because if if you are hanging around with the right kind of people, yeah, and people that you can actually learn from and 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 collaborate with, um, and it doesn't just mean you know from a business perspective, it's it's also again personal, um, spiritual, emotional, whatever. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, um, you'll be able to pick up those skills hanging around with those people because you start mm-hmm. seeing things from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and that's the cool thing about where we are in the world because you know we have the internet which allows us to interact with people from literally all over the all over the world so different Mm. cultures different perspectives and that means that it opens the door to so many different ideas and and ideologies and cultural perspectives and if you're open to that um, you know it helps you build so many different other skills around what you do Um, because you can always learn something from from the state. So, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of, you know, like basketball um, when I was younger. Yeah. I spent a lot of time watching, you know, the, the US sports and I blame, you know, US pop culture, that type of thing. <laughs> but the things that I've learned from the NFL and I've learned from the NBA particularly um, mm. are things that I still apply when I look at what I'm doing with golf because the creativity yeah. is the, the dynamics, the way of thinking. Um, I used to work from, you know, like a player agency kind of perspective in the past. And you see the the things that they do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to like promote players or, or ideas or events in the same way, but you can take bits and pieces of that and apply that to an African perspective. Yes, it and good. it just adds so much more value. But you, again, you have to be open to that. You have to, yeah. you have to want to see things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tend to kind of get caught up in our little silos and put the blinkers on and we kind of get used to the certain comfort level that we have yeah. and you kind of forget that the, you know all of these other things are going on around you um yeah. and i think in pretty much every meeting i have to be honest with with my team i'm like well guys listen we work in the sports industry there's all of these different sports schools and there's a lot of cool things happening but at the same time there's a lot of cool things happening you know from an entertainment perspective there's a lot of cool things happening from a technological perspective there's yeah. so many things that we can learn from these other industries yeah um you just need to kind of pay attention and and you know say like you know what that's actually really cool i think that's going to work with gold yeah. um and then bring that to the table and and yeah. that's when you actually see the best results yeah yeah 
Well, I think we've been going for ages, but um, no, it was really, thank you so much for your time. It was really insightful to be honest with you. Um, having these conversations that, you know, aren't often had um, in the public space anyway. So really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. I always love these conversations. It always makes me think and I start seeing things differently. So thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening. I really appreciate it. We, we hope that you've taken something tangible um, from listening to this. And yeah, thanks again for your time and take care. Mm-hmm.